This podcast is brought to you by Gundog Outdoors and Dakota 283 Kennels. Hi, hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushman Dustin podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ringnecks and Retrievers. In this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushing and Dustin. Welcome back to another Flushing and Dustin happy hour. Nick and Tyler here, place where we don't care about your vaccination status, but we do care about your hunting experiences. So we're going to start in today talking about opening day of pheasant uh, in Iowa and maybe other places too, if we have some others log on. Um, but we'll just do an introduction quick, like we always do. Obviously, Nick and Tyler here. We'll start with Matt, since you're a frequenter. Why don't you just give a little introduction about yourself? And we'll go around the horn. Uh, Matt Mosier. Uh, obviously, I know Nick and Tyler personally. Just grew up next to Nick. Actually, one of my first hunting dogs was one of Nick's um, dogs. Uh, from there, from one of his dogs, he owned litter. Um, so, been hunting a long time. Enjoy hunting. Took off uh, multiple days this week just to pheasant hunt. And, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to be here back again tonight. Been a while since I've seen you guys. Nice. Thanks for joining, Matt. We got uh, on my screen, I'm just going left to right. I got Brian next. Brian, how you doing, buddy? You're on mute. Still going. <laughs> on, on mute, mute Brian. Brian. Oh, hey, I'm muted. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brian Grave. I live in the far northwest corner of Iowa, running two two hunting dogs, a Brittany and a small Munsterlander. And I've been pheasant hunting as long as I can remember. Nice. And then we have uh the famous Nate B. Strickler on. Nate the old guy. The old guy, right? By the oh, way, Matt, you and Matt might be pretty close in age. Matt, are, are you Nick's age? Uh 37. Oh, never oh mind. Gosh, yeah, I got you, know you by what? 10 years, I, bud. <laughs> I, I have more gray hair than all of you, so. No, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm... <laughs> yeah. You guys have I've more been, hair than me. <laughs> I've been I've been growing this this uh, silver fox stuff since about uh, sophomore in high school, so. Wow. Well, Matt, you should be taking off those two days a week every week of season, not just early in the season. I know. I agree. Kind of my I plan. Agree. My plan. Uh, Nate Strickler calling in from central Iowa, just, just outside of Des Moines, have been, uh, run two Vichlas now, um, have had the Vichlas since 2000, 2001 or so, and um, looking to play my part in taking multiple days off a week throughout the entirety of the season, chasing <laughs> the roosters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the time of the year to take off. I uh, can't beat it. We're just going to kick it off a little bit. Um, Tyler and I will kind of start a little bit. We hunted together, obviously, opening day. Um, you know, people like to hear about feedback on bird numbers, what you're seeing out there. Um, and so we hunted up uh, north central Iowa, um, some private ground. I would say for us, numbers, numbers look good. Numbers look real good. Um, I think we could have got real close to limiting out, if not limited out, but uh, birds seem to be a little spooky where we were at. Um, the first field, what we saw, five roosters, um, two got up real early. Um, and then we had uh, 
We had one rooster bust out early. I took a couple, I like to call them pop shots. He was too far out, but the reason I shot is because he's an open bean field and all three dogs that we had were chasing him as he was flying out. And I thought, God, if I could just knock him down, uh, we would get that rooster. Uh, but that, um, that did not happen. And then we kind of came around to Ben. I shot one rooster, easily retrieved by, I can't remember if it was Murph or Lola, but it was one of Tyler's dogs. And then, um, God, I had another rooster pop up in front of me and I hit it and it looked like I sandbagged the son of a bitch and all three dogs, we couldn't find it. No idea where he went. Um, we circled the whole field, came back around that spot, hoping to chase him up, kick him up. Couldn't find it. My only thing is I think it was pretty wet out. So I don't know if they just couldn't track it or whatnot. And that was about um the last that i got to hunt i had a wedding so then from there i'll let tyler kind of take the rest of the day mute you're on mute tyler all right i can never remember if my when it's flashing if it's on mute or when it's not flashing if it's off mute but uh no the only thing i got a uh, opening weekend lo and behold was a wood duck so uh Glad to say I shot in in one shot, though. So that's honestly the only thing I shot at. It was just a piece of wood that looked like a duck. Believe me, <laughs> not, dollars. No. Uh, but, yeah, we had, the spot that we went to uh, is one of my buddies from college, and he has good bird, bird numbers. Um, if we would have walked the field from the opposite way, I think we would have ran into the roosters first. Uh, what we had happen was a lot of – hens popped up and then we'd have roosters flush out about 50 yards ahead of us uh, when those hens were flying up over them i mean it's the good thing is there's there's roosters there for the next time that we go out uh later in the season um so that that was kind of a bummer uh we did end up getting uh four roosters four yeah we got so we did end up getting two out of there um when the so the, the wood duck that I got, um, it was across the creek and probably like, I don't know, 40, 50 yards into the, the grass where it landed. And I sent Murph and Lola across the, the creek. They're about 20 yards into it. And um, at that point, there was another rooster that popped up that they flushed up. And I switched my gun safety this year from left-handed or from right-handed to left-handed and I was fiddle fucking with it I could forgot couldn't get off safety I thought I had it off safety but I actually had it on safety because I was used to the old way lo and behold didn't get hey, shot you guys ever heard of a motherfucker Anyways. that just has problems all the time but <laughs> so I mean, he can't remember if his mic is muted or oh, not man. Yeah, what a freaking mess safety eating, left, eating right. supper at seven you know during the podcast whatever but uh, anyways, didn't get a shot at it, so can't say I missed it, but whatever. Um, but then I couldn't get them to go back any further because they were just stuck on that scent. And I was giving them back, and they they just want to go. But anyways, we came back around um, afterwards and put a pin on Onyx where we were, so that way I kind of had an idea when we came back around uh, and got the dogs out. Um, they found the wood duck and then we're like, well, we might as well walk, you know, 20, 30 yards and see if we can find anything and, uh, kicked up, uh, two more roosters, uh, just in that short little walk. And they were able to, the guys who were with knock those down. 
Um, or no, we kicked up one rooster there. Then on another walk, we kicked up uh, one more right next to the road that my buddy got. Um, but other than that, the I would say overall for us, I mean, numbers were good. We saw a lot of birds. Yeah, but I mean, I think we saw a lot more hens than we did roosters, which isn't a bad thing. Obviously, no. you need those to bring you through winter and spring next year. You know, yeah. Yep. Um, the one the one field that we hunted it did get hunted that morning um, and we we're still able to get a rooster out of it. So obviously that probably played a part in the amount of birds that we saw uh, in it. But I mean, that's just, that's part of it. You know, it's, even though it's private ground, it, usually it's not exclusive to, to you, you know, so it, that's just, that's part of it. I mean, it's, it was still a good day, still a good opening weekend. Um, I went on Sunday to a new piece of IHAP in Iowa County. Um, I don't know if it was there last year. I didn't see it, but it was on there this year. And the grass was 98% of the time was above my head and Mm -hmm. super thick. And I could hear birds getting up, but I I couldn't see them. Uh, So I didn't even get a shot. I heard roosters uh, flushing. I heard just other flushes. the only two times that I had a shot were a couple hens that got up in the two sh- percent of the grass that was short. Uh, but the good thing is it's very good grass, and if there is a snow, It'll it's hold a up. very good cover. Yeah, so it'd definitely be a late season spot. Um, so I guess anybody listening, if you want to go to Iowa County late season after a good snowfall, it'll be a very good spot. But it's also good because to get them through winter winter it's going to be another you know good spot to for habitat and whatnot so um overall i mean i'm, I'm satisfied with the weekend you know uh would have liked to get a few more in the bag but uh, it's definitely learned a couple new spots uh checked out a couple new spots so it's definitely a, a learning weekend too to get the year going i mean and- i definitely asked my wife's cousin to move his wedding a week up <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. seriously did. I said, like, "Hey, why would we just move this up a week? Because you're ruining the whole. You're ruining opening weekend for me." Um, but Part considering I hunted two hours, pretty satisfied with it. Yeah. So, so were you on Saturday? Were you hunting linear type stuff, or was it big block? It sounds like Tyler, big block on Sunday for you. But yep, yeah. uh, the first field that we hunted on Saturday, big block, big block, and then a mixture of a smaller field um there was, was one portion was a, yeah it was a well the second field was more of a slew yeah i only hunted part of that because i had to turn around and go but that yes. was like a slew, quick right uh, quick right down the middle corn on each side um still standing first, nope what's that? it was out corn was out okay yeah yep. and it was it's probably what 30 yards wide might get to 50 yards wide maybe yep. even more we, I mean, we, I would say there, I didn't count them, but they, I would say 30 to 50 birds we saw. I mean, just, and that was just when I was there. And that was um, basically I, hens. <laughs> I, I didn't hunt, I didn't hunt the whole thing. I had a set alarm on my phone. So when it was time for me to leave, I had to turn back and hop the truck. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. So um, that was what I saw while I was there. So I, I thought numbers seemed good in that field. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the first spot we go to is it's like a private ground that butts up to public, and the public is kind of just a timberish, um, 
not like your nice stem grass or anything, just kind of your brushy type grass. Uh, so we walk that and that's just like a straight walk and we have easily cover it with three guys, uh, one pass, you know, and then we scoot out and cover a more of a squarish type block. Um, but this year it was in beans instead of last year it was corn. And I didn't feel that there was as many birds. We didn't see as many birds there this year as we did the last year when we hunted it i don't even know if we saw a hen to be honest we didn't no we one didn't see it. one we, we saw one on that uh burn. i didn't see it you did um but that was the only hen that we saw which we saw last year yeah last year there was a good amount of hens and this year you know and um but there's we there's a part that we didn't hunt that's it's a super long, so all the way around this field is probably 30 to 40 yards wide of grass. And it goes, I bet it goes like two, three miles. Um, just a huge field, but we didn't, we didn't hunt that. We just stayed on the, so, I mean, they could have been down there too. You know, it's who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, overall, like I said, it was, it was good. Uh, grass is, look, I mean, the cover is looking good coming into winter months, which is nice. I actually think it's thicker than what it was last year. Oh, it was. Um, yeah. Taller, thicker. So I do think, uh, we're going to wait to go back there until we get a snowfall. Uh, I think that we'll have better luck then. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, overall the grass that I saw, like I said, went to public ground on Sunday and all that. I, the grass is looking super yeah. good coming into winter so that's nice and i'll just give an update uh just because i know i talked about it before but you know diesel he was sick there for about three-ish weeks uh he he looked better than i thought he would after all the training and stuff he, he came out he performed seemed to be seemed to be okay so uh season should be good as long as he keeps his health up he was pretty sick there for a while so well, that's enough of us blabbing. How yeah, are you guys? How are you guys? How's your I'll opening go, weekend? I'm just going to go down to my screen, Tyler. I don't know how yours is, but mine is Matt next, then is Brian, then Nate, your last. That's just how my screen pops up. So, Matt, Doug, why don't you give us a little update on numbers, kind of what you saw opening day? Go for it. So, Hawkeye. yeah, so we um we hunted just around Clayton County Saturday, and we were I was kind of bombed. I thought the, I thought there'd be more corn out. Um, so the corn was a hindrance on some of the spots we wanted to hunt, you know, and I, I, so it's hard to tell whether or not the numbers are, are there. Like they were like, I feel right now after hunting today was my third day of hunting, being able to get out there and hunt. Um, I think the numbers are probably a little down in Clayton County compared to last year, but on the side, on the other note is I have a hard time getting in to land living up here in big buck country right now during the rut everybody wants me to stay out of places until after a first season shotgun at least so i'm i'm kind of limited in regards to my it's such shit because well you know obviously damon he's he's the best man at my wedding and they have (laughs) they have a ton of pheasant hunting ground and i said when can we hunt it and he that's exactly what he said to me he's like when i'm done when i'm done fucking bow hunting it's exactly what he said to me yeah, so they got a ton of birds out there too. Ton of birds in the land. So yeah, so we like I said, we we seen 
I think in the first field we hunted, we saw nine birds, which was pretty decent. But then the other spots we hunted, there's too much corn in. You know, later, as you get away from the morning, obviously those birds I really felt were already in the cornfields and stuff like that. Um, then my dog came up with a swimmer's tail or limp tail, whatever you want to call it. So he was on the shelf Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then I hunted him today. And we got out and we seen we saw the first spot we went to it was we saw birds like we saw in the first little walk it was a bit you know not quite over your head it was about neck high grass so it's hard to see the dogs um but we we pushed it and we seen you know i think i saw nine roosters in that first field uh again with a cornfield right across across the gravel road that was still standing so when we got to the second section that we could push I think that by that time we got to that second session, second, second section, the birds are already in the, in the cornfield on us. Um, just, just curious, Matt, how, yeah, how, how much do you think that standing corn plays into you not seeing birds? Like, especially early season, I guess, like just curious for myself, maybe other people, like most of the time, I think early season, they're sitting tighter. You should be able to see them. Do you really think that plays a huge difference in not seeing a lot of birds? With that corn there? We were talking about that today, and someone chime in if they know. So we didn't know. So I know that birds don't want to roost in. So we know that birds don't want to roost in the corn field itself, right? So now, will a bird, will a pheasant, let's say there's a waterway within that corn field? It might not be where they nested. You know, where they nested this early, this late spring, early summer. Will they stay? in you know always have to go back to kind of home or if they're in that cornfield all day long and they feel safe will they just get to that waterway within inside that cornfield or maybe it's a terrace within the cornfield so if anybody's got go ahead with somebody that might know on that nate i know you <laughs> said yeah so here's my view so i'll bet if you hunt a field big block or linear doesn't matter brome pollen or grasses blue stem tyler as you mentioned if they're standing corn, you're going to see less than 10% of the birds in that area is what I would forecast. Now, time of day matters and weather matters. So if you can catch them, if it's cold and you've got nice blue stem, thick grass, and you can catch them on roost early, then you got a chance. But I can tell you, and this was my experience this weekend, I saw the birds moving out and out into the standing corn to the south of where I was hunting at about 720 in the morning. Oh, wow. So uh, I would say, Matt, go back when that corn's out and you will see significant increase in numbers there. I also don't think, especially most, water, most waterways here in Iowa are brome type grass, right? It's not gonna really stand up a lot. So I don't think they'll actually roost there. It, plus they're, they're up for predation. Anytime they nest in anything that's linear, right? They're more susceptible. So I think they're likely to leave the standing corn after second feeding and they'll they'll roost overnight in the adjacent grass particularly if it's a big block but they'll be up and out into that corn early if it's warm or if it's windy they're more apt to be in that standing corn do you do you think nate with uh the standing corn so you like you were saying you saw the birds leaving to that cornfield at 7 30 or so in the morning and that's basically right when the sun's coming up currently in iowa right i believe mm -hmm. it's right around that do you feel those birds will stay in there in the cornfield all day 
or do you think you could come to the field around, you know, 10 to two per se and find those no. cords sitting in the grass or would they be in that corn no. all day? I think they'll be in the corn. So it's two feeding, typically two feedings, right? Yeah. So roost up, go eat and then loaf, right? Sometimes they'll come back and they'll loaf on a field edge, which might be what, what you're talking about. Right. And yeah. then they'll go out for their afternoon feed loaf a little bit and come back in to, to sleep. Right. Yeah. But um, if there's standing corn around, I think for the most part, they, the majority of birds, once they're up and out, they'll stay for both feedings in there, especially if they have any, if they've got a draw like that, like you said, Matt, for sure. I think the most of them are staying in there and then they won't come back into the grasses until pretty close. Currently with daylight savings still out there, probably after close the season. I mean, now, that, once that, that turns, I think the golden hour will be more applicable for us here. That's yeah. what I was just going to say. I can remember to Tyler and I, when we were in South Dakota a couple of years ago, there was standing corn uh, everywhere. And God, when we waited to, I mean, basically almost you couldn't see, we would see, I don't know, Tyler, you can 50 plus birds coming into fields. We tried to walk it quick, but it was almost like we'd get halfway to the field and there were some birds that wouldn't fly in and they were running in. And once we scared those, the ones that were out here, every one of them would take back off again. So, it, it, Nate, when you write your book, because I'm going to buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I just want to give it all though, the it'll, secrets it'll away. Be about the, the, the experiences, you know, the hunts themselves. You don't have uh, to ask too much. Tactics, we'll, promote, but... we'll promote it on our podcast. There you go. There <laughs> we'll you do go. it. What, um, not to get you guys to take away from when you got your guys' experiences here over the weekend. What do you, so obviously with social media and stuff, and I've talked to a lot of buddies that pheasant hunted, or we obviously we know everybody that just goes out opening weekend. I can't believe the amount of stories, and they can be just stories, just that, of the people that got on these IHAPs right away opening morning you know nine guys limited out by 10 o'clock in the morning like i'm just i know in northeast iowa up here in clayton county the bird population isn't the same as two counties to the west but i i just can't i didn't i'm having a hard time believing that and then and then what do you guys don't you guys think that we you take 27 32 birds that's got almost that's almost got to completely take away the population of that that section don't you think so i mean i would absolutely think i would think so i I mean it's an interesting topic right uh obviously taking roosters out right better supports the hens right and i still think even with phenomenal dogs of which i do not have right phenomenal dogs what do you see in a field do you see half of the birds in there you're trying to be yeah but uh yeah we do okay but i i think the vast majority the birds win most of the time right so and man, I'll, I did, I hunt, I hunted public, not I have, but I hunted public and I did see good numbers of which we'll, we'll get to eventually. Um, I think we, we would be very surprised to see what amount of birds, hens or roosters we actually see in a field, even when thoroughly working a field over. So right. until it's, you know, the only time I start feeling a little bit, not guilty because I, I, I don't take it this far, but if weather conditions are really bad and right. And you're taking birds out of cover and exposing them to the elements and it's late in season. I think, I think then you give some consideration like that, but 
otherwise, I mean, I know Matt, a bunch of people that you're right, went into IHAPs and Publix and took a lot of bird, big, big groups, seven people, oh, right? Huge, eight people. Huge. Yeah. I mean, and we oh, thought that too. You know. So Matt, Tyler and I are the same way. We have the land we hunt doesn't get hunted unless we hunt it. Like it doesn't get hunted unless Tyler and I ask mm -hmm. knobs, can we come and hunt? And yeah. that's twice a year, if that, depending on how many birds we get. So like we were kind of surprised to see like that we didn't limit out, but we saw all these other folks limiting out too. And it makes you wonder like, what did we do wrong and how can we learn to not do that again or whatever the case may be? Yep. It, it kind of makes you feel like you hunted wrong that field. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, or what did I do wrong? Cause I don't feel like my dog's a slouch by any means. Mm -hmm. I know Hawkeye's not, I don't feel like Tyler's dogs are either. So I, it's kind of like what, what you know what gives type thing but you know that sometimes it's just how the, the yeah the i mean i think it goes back to i mean like I said last year the one field we did super good in had corn surrounding it and this year it's beans you know yeah. um birds are they i don't remember where i read this but they'll travel like a mile to a mile and a half radius of so you might see them here but then let's say where we hunted there was a cornfield with better cover. Those roosters, or even the hens, birds in general, could have definitely just been over there where a cornfield is, a dirty cornfield. I mean, the spot, the the slough that we walked that had the creek running through it where we saw all the hens and uh, all the roosters bust up. If you looked at that cornfield, there was corn everywhere. I mean, just like ears of corn, you know? And so, it, of course, it, it makes sense that we saw those numbers of birds we just walked the field <laughs> the opposite way we would have had a completely different story you know so the next time we go there the birds might be sitting closer to where we start you know and i mean like i said it, one switch up and we would have had the roosters popping up first instead of the hens popping up well tyler and i i think our biggest thing too is we had and this i don't know who he was i don't know anything but he seemed like a little bit of an inexperienced hunter inexperienced dog we hunted with him a little bit so like i think those things played into the factor of that last i mean i only hunted a quarter of it that last field that you went in but i think that might have had played into why they were spooked because they hunted they hunted one side of it and they couldn't there's no way one dog cover that whole one side and then to to go hunt the other side well those birds probably already heard him so they ran to the other you know so i think that i think that was part of our problem yeah, a combination it, of things it, it's a wild animal right i mean it, yep. it, it's advantage them and it should be that way right that's what makes yep. it sporting yep. so they're going to win more often than not and like i said there's a lot of things to consider pressure the, the way in which to attack it the wind do headwind crosswind right do they face predation consistently with somebody in there earlier how much overall pressure what's the weather like how dense is the grass yep. and there's so many things to consider and every time i think i've got a pheasant figured out they prove me wrong including <laughs> this weekend many a time so uh it's not it's not you it's not your dogs it's it's the experience it is neat let's let's talk about your weekend it looked like you had a good one though overall yeah, you had a really good weekend yeah we talk about the kids so, first talk about the kids first okay so youth, youth weekend youth, yep, youth, youth weekend i took uh two i took my 11 year old out first time him carrying the gun 
consistently one time out a few times he carried last year, but consistently, um, and his good buddy. So the two, two shooters. And, uh, so 12 and 11 years old and, uh, they each, we got roughly 30 chances, uh, at roosters and we brought one bird home and, uh, that hey, they each need to take Tyler on with you. you need yeah. That many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, uh, they each shot the one they d- actually doubled on the one that they bagged too, which is, is pretty fun, pretty fun nice. experience for them, but they did, you know, it's again with youth, hopefully with all of us, it's not about how many birds you're bringing home, but the experience, I mean, they did so many things, right gun safety, right? Barrel awareness. We walked 12 miles, 11 years old. We walked 12 miles, right? But they were whipped after that. Can I I share a story about me being young with Matt? I can remember years ago, I had a BB gun and I pointed at Matt and he fucking yelled at me. And and until this day, I remember that. Yeah. About gun safety. He's like, didn't your dad teach you what the hell to do? Yeah. You can't point that at me. And I, until this day, I'll always remember. And I, I mean, it was, I was young. I was, I was not 10. I was, I don't know. I was probably six, but there's still no excuse for it. And I remember, I remember Matt yelling at me because he was taught proper. So, I mean, <laughs> there, there is something to say for that. Yeah. A whole day of proper gun safety. Um, that goes a long way. Being safe is, 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 uh, number one thing. <laughs> It's number yeah. one thing out in that field. And they, they walked the grasses. They pushed it. It wasn't, it wasn't just edge hunting. So we walked big, big block. They pulled nice. the trigger, you know, when they should have, we actually had a low flying bird they passed on. So I was really impressed uh, with both boys. Uh, and they were happy to get that bird uh, for sure. But here, oh, here's a story for you. Actually, the first field we went to, um, there's a homestead that's rented uh, next to the property that I have access to. And I've hunted this field for 15 years, probably. Um, and longer story short, my 11 year old drops a bird. They both shoot at it. My 11 year old was the one he had, he had second and last shot and he dropped the bird, his first rooster ever rooster goes down. I can tell he just winged it. It's running like crazy in big grass. Piper, my female Vishla tracks it. It wasn't too far, maybe 40, 50 yards into the homestead, right? And she locks up on point. I run the Alpha 100. I see she's on point. Obviously, I'm not carrying a gun, you season. I walk in on into the, uh, the homestead and I see Piper. She's on point. And there's a down tree and the rooster's in the tree. I know, I know exactly where the rooster is. The owner comes out of, or, or the, the renter comes out. He's got a 357 Magnum in his right hand. Saying, shooting bear? <laughs> say, saying you're on my property. And I said, I know I'm not armed. Uh, I've got a bird down here. My 11 year old just shot it. Do you mind? I'll talk to you here in a second. Do you mind if I grab the bird? And uh, he lightened up a little bit. And I reached down with one hand, still keeping an eye on, uh, on the guy with the, with the pistol. And the rooster pops up, goes through my hands. I, I didn't grab it because I didn't have two, two hands down there. The dogs chase after it, find it three more times, and we lost it. So my son's oh. first bird, we lost, right? Um, but I end up going back and and talking to the owner, and he apologized, and and he said he was just 
woke him up from a nap at nine thirty or ten in the morning. Um, Must so, be hungover. That, that was the first time I've ever had the gun wasn't pulled on me, but he definitely had it by his side, letting me know that he was not happy. Uh, and then he knew who I was, and he said, "Oh, I, I'm sorry." As soon as I saw your truck, um, so he owned it. But nonetheless, that was a, a pretty interesting experience. But so we went to different fields. They had their chances. I think we had 30 trigger pulls, as I mentioned, a, a, a click. So it wasn't just you, Tyler, with a safety thing. We had a few of those, right? That, and then maybe a few others that uh, potential trigger pulls, but a lot, again, the vast majority, really good decisions. So that was youth season. Um, you know, that's and then Sunday it rained. Here, because I'm going to have that. my daughters when they're old enough to come out hunt with you, Nate. So I don't have for to sure. treat all that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Sunday, I was going to take my daughter out, my 14-year-old daughter and her friend, but it's just phenomenal rain. I mean, the whole state was drenched, right? Mm -hmm. So I just uh, did not get out at all. So then came to opener. Um, tradition the last three, four, five years, two buddies, one of my really good friends and, and uh, another friend, we three went out. We hit public, got up at 3.50 in the morning, hit public, showed probably in central uh central region as far as the dnr map goes we're sitting there at six something in the morning um and like i said the birds as soon as the sun started rising some tyler you or nick asked about that right as soon as the sun crested their horizon there the birds were loud and up and active and mm. matt to answer your question about numbers before we even stepped in the field we had counted over 100 pheasants on this public ground over 100 Jeez. pheasants I'm, that's not an exaggeration over we do counts I write down over 100 pheasants they were working their way to the standing corn to the south that was the only standing uh, crop everything else was out around it uh, and they had to fly across the road to do that so I actually come over the truck so one of my buddies actually got out and just stood at the corner trying to hold the birds in he said like 20 of them exited but he did turn some back so they're Great. they're they're 30 yards. They're 30 yards in front of the truck at come eight o'clock. And uh, we had four guys, three trucks and four guys, I think it was, pull up around 7.30. We just gave them half of the field. We hunted our half. I knew all those birds went down right there, walked in, couldn't find them. It took me 45 minutes to find, I didn't have a trigger pull. None of us had a trigger pull for the first 45 minutes of walking that field after seeing all those birds. I don't know what the hell they did. Um, so getting back to the point, you think you know, right? <laughs> but in, in reality, I think they exited around, somehow they escaped and got out to that corn. Um, but then- Nate, yeah. not to interrupt you, but what's your take? Cause this has happened to uh, Tyler, me and a few buddies before. Hey in a much smaller plot of land but you have people pull up on you and it's a it's a plot of land 60 acres um that we had and they want to hunt that same 60 acres and we already have uh five six guys and three i think it was three or four dogs and we're like well no you know we're gonna hunt it and they said well you can't tell us that you can hunt it so i think this kind of brings up a good maybe like hunting etiquette if you will yeah um yeah. and i'm just purely asking because this happened to us um this was a couple of years back and they decided that they were going to hunt it when we were going to hunt it and it eventually turned out that we ended up getting to hunt it we just kind of got them to turn back but it was actually a pretty scary situation i felt like they were getting pretty amped up 
they were getting pretty much in our face. And I was like, Hey, I'm not trying to fight with you. Like we were here first. It's only 60 acres. It's not a huge field. We have, I can't remember. We had three or four dogs and we had five or six guys. I'm like, there, we 60 acres is, you know, it's going to take us 45 minutes. There's no way that we need your crew and our crew to hunt this. And uh, so I was just curious in your take on what you did when people showed up and like approached themselves to you. Um, obviously, so it's yeah. obviously it's different depending on the field size, right? Yep. I mean, I and this was bigger than 60 acres. It was public ground, right? It wasn't private that I, you know, I had secured access to or anything like that. Um, so etiquette is the right word. And I think the size of the field is, is definitely in play. On this field, there is one parking lot, one place to park to go into the field. And I had, I was there, right? Um, I got up at 350. These guys were locals. They were older guys, you know, that definitely played into it. I actually didn't even speak with them. They slow rolled us and they ended up just going down uh, and they parked on the side of the road uh, in the ditch basically, and just walked into the field. So I just changed my plans to accommodate them. It was, it was big enough. And low, you know what? It took me 45 minutes to find those birds working north, south in this field. Maverick pointed the first two birds. I shot them. Piper pointed the next two. I shot, I shot my, my three. Um, then my buddy shot the fourth off Piper's. Uh, and we were nine for nine in shooting. But in our piece that we walked, we shot four. And then those guys left. They did, and, and they did plenty of shooting. They left. We went and hunted what they hunted and shot our five. And we were done. We shot our nine on nine for nine shooting in an hour's time. Once we pulled the trigger and it, it probably did take 40, 40, 45 minutes before I actually located the birds. Um, so in that area, in North central region, the, I, the birds were phenomenal. I mean, the numbers, I was shocked at how good, shocked at how good they were. And that's with standing corn to the South. And they had stripped out maybe 50 or 60 yards of the corn but there was plenty for them to fly to. And I saw them, I mean, we witnessed them leaving the field, the exodus to the corn. They definitely wanted to go there. And we hunted beanside and didn't find them, even though I visually saw all the birds where we ended up shooting. Most of them was the corn edge on the other side where those other guys walked. So I, I like you, Tyler, I prefer a corn edge over a bean edge personally. Oh yeah. And I do um, think cornfields are usually a little dirtier than beans and yep. the birds just like the corn. Yep. much better than beans and yep. they can yep. they can hide in that if it's nice they can hide in that corn stubble yeah yep. yep. so we had frost on the ground and again i was I, I was shocked at two things one not only in this field tyler but all the fields i've walked the grass is infinitely thicker so for this drought that supposedly we're in and i'm, I'm sure you know metrics support that right objectives yep. say that there's a drought and maybe the hain last year actually supported better growth better sustainability of the fields but everything I, I've walked and I've hunted youth season, Saturday, Sunday, I hunted yesterday and I'm hunting tomorrow um, has been thick winter yep. cover. So it's going to be better yep. when all crops are out because like Matt said, most of the fields have crops around them that I'm seeing too. I didn't anticipate that. I thought the drought would have most of the, most of the beans for sure out and most of the corn. And then I also anticipated thinner grasses and that has not been the case. Yeah. Yeah, it's been super thick walking. I mean, like, I remember, yeah, we got into that field. So last year, um, the field, it was funny, we hunted it. 
uh, and it's a big square plot. We hunted it that morning. And then the farmer came and actually cut it like that afternoon. Yeah. Um, so it was cut for winter. So there was no birds. And I, part, I don't know if that had an effect on that field this year. And maybe, maybe not. Um, but this year when we walked it, and I don't know if him cutting it helped it grow back, but man, it was way yeah, thicker yeah. this year than I remember. And yeah, which is great. It's going to be like, like, I'm really happy to see that, that, you know, the, like you said, with the drought, it's a little worried, you know, you weren't going to have that spring growth and uh, sustainability throughout the season. Uh, but it does seem like the grass is definitely ready for the winter. Yeah. Um, and I hope it, hope it helps. I was, it'll definitely, help. I was actually worried about that too. Cause I thought there'd be enough hay and of that, which wasn't hayed. I, it'd be too thin. So when we had any decent amount of snowfall, I thought the birds to be more susceptible, but they'll, th there's plenty to sustain them for sure. Um, so then Sunday when we went back up, I brought a 14 year old out and, and my buddy, my good buddy, his dad. So we three went up there, hunted the same public, saw far fewer birds. Um, it was windier significantly windier and we didn't have the frost on the ground which we had the morning earlier so warmer and windier birds were really flighty i mean hundreds so, of yards flighty so nate how how are you count so i know last year you got and correct me if i'm wrong was it about 170 people afield oh no 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 71 71 that's what it was yeah. i knew it was i knew i had 70 in my mind yeah so this year you're already at would you count that as four one, or five people? One, two, one, six, I think I've taken out so far. Six, six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I yeah. don't know where I got the hundred from, but I knew it was, I knew 71 was in there. Yeah. I think it was 71 total hunters. And there's repeats in there, right? But the 71 yep. total folks out jumping in the truck. So, but um, worked really hard on Sunday to get this 14 year old, his bird. And he got, I think he got 10, 10, 10 shots, a trigger pull, a click on that. And then maybe a few not taken, um, just couldn't seal the deal. Um, hey, would you take me? I won't bring my dog. Yeah. Take me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we can do that for sure. Um, but, but such a different day with the wind and with some amount of pressure on the public, uh, so we, we worked pretty hard. We hit a number of fields and then we just, my mantra is persistence will pay off. Right. And we, I don't know what number field it was, maybe third or fourth field we hit and we just rolled into the birds. I mean, absolutely rolled into them and just cleaned up and left a lot of birds, uh, in there and then worked our way home. And then yesterday I went out and I took, um, two guys out, one new guy yesterday. And we worked really hard and I, I got my ass kicked. I mean, I was tired. We brought th three guys, all three of us shooting, me shooting. And we brought three birds home is all. And that's pretty, that's pretty rare for us. Um, now we had our chances. We had some misses on one field, but um, we, we were not finding birds like I anticipated we would. We went to a completely different part of the state. So I do think regionally it makes a big difference. I don't know if it's based on amount of rainfall or just existing conditions or morning now nate and every I, yeah I, yeah a lot of the field this this part of the state i went more west uh more south and west and uh a lot of corn still in yes do you I think birds beans, different 
among sections of the state. Do they act different? Yeah, I think, so like you went way farther west, so they're yeah. maybe hanging more in the corn. More central, you saw a lot more birds, so they, are they maybe hanging more? I mean, I, it, maybe it's a dumb question. I don't know, but are they hanging no, more? No, I think I think birds are. I think you, birds you get, like people. Birds like people are more. How they act is more environmentally conditioned, right? What what do they experience as opposed to regionally? Where are they, right? North or south or east or west part of the state? I'd agree with that. Um, but they but the there's definitely more crop out further north for sure. Now I haven't gone way south yet. Um, I might do that. No, I think I'm going to go north again tomorrow, but I, I want to go south and see what that looks like too. I haven't scouted that this year. Um, but yesterday, yes, there was a lot more, there was more haying for sure. Yep. And there was a lot more standing corn. So just like I shared with Matt earlier, I'm sure the predominance of birds that I did not see were in that corn. Yeah, it's it's just been in like I said an interesting like I said I thought for sure crops would be out when you're saying that they're still in, you know, because our buddy they went to this past weekend, he's basically over by Fort Dodge area, you know, and there's I don't even think we saw a field with any sandy corn, but you said you go a little further west and you know, I don't know if they got like you said, more rain than what we did or they did in that area, but that's yeah, pretty. I think generally the yeah, Northwest, now I don't mean the Northwest corner of the state, but the yeah. Fort Dodge area, maybe a little Northwest of there. I think they got more timely rains. Yeah. That um, was probably better off for the population, like South and especially Southeast. I think they're, they had most of the drought. Yeah. Um, well, Brian, you're from. The difference. Nate, Nate, can, how close do you follow year to year because I, I would say i i follow it but i don't record it how close do you follow the drought patterns and then bird populations do you do that actually no i mean well it's only really been was last year the first drought in a while that they started haying or was it the year before i can't remember Certainly. that's yeah when it comes to the drought that's mostly what i'm concerned about is is how much how much grass is going to be left to, to hold over the population when the snows come, right? Eventually the snows are going to come. Yep. They're going to be susceptible, but so no direct correlation, Nick, no, but I definitely, I mean, all the hunts are journaled where I say, you know, half the field was, was hayed or the entirety of the field was hayed or grasses are really thick, must've got timely rains, but it's specific to each hunt tied to now, the field. This is, this is more for listeners and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but are you using on x for these and you're recording them in on x or do you got your own journal oh no no i do i have a pen and paper. hard copy pen and paper. yeah i i have yeah. a i created yeah, a, I a template in yeah a template in in word and i have a three ring binder because remember i started this there was i started this in 2002 maybe somewhere in there I right thought, there I thought the last i thought when we did our own podcast with you i thought you said 2001 but yeah you're yeah somewhere in there in my yeah. first dog i think the first dog was 2001 so some some of that area we started okay. uh, doing that. So there, that wasn't even a possibility. Now I use Onyx. Onyx is definitely helpful. I used to do it, you know, knock, knock and talk, right? Word of mouth. And then, you know, uh, county Can assessor sites, hey, white pages. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so Onyx is, is phenomenal. It's so, we were talking about, my buddies and I were talking about that yesterday as we were driving around. It's just, it's a phenomenal asset. Well worth the investment for sure. Yeah. 
Brian, what are you seeing up in the northwest part of the state? Uh, like Nate, I saw a ton of birds out before hunting time started. I dropped my kids off at my parents' house about 7 in the morning. I'm still on the quest to get my wife her first rooster. But in the 20 miles I drove to the spot I was going to hunt, I bet we saw 100 to 150 birds sitting right out of the edge of the grass. Man, that's crazy. Do you still have a lot of corn in up there? I would say about a third of the corn at least is still in. So still a significant amount. We, we had some inconveniently timed rains that we were hitting rain every four or five days. So just about the time that corn stalks would start drying out enough that they could go again, we'd hit another rain. <laughs> so in the last two weeks, almost nothing's gotten taken out. That's tough. <clears throat> Did your, so how'd your opening weekend go? Weekend was not good for me. I'm a little banged up. So the cover I'm hitting and the length of time I'm out, pretty little. I walked about two, two and a half miles opening day. First waterway we hit, we had four hens up in the first 20 feet. <laughs> nice. Dogs was birdie is all get out the whole rest of the way. Nothing else came up. I'm not sure if they'd all already left into the field or if they ran out into the corn stubble and we didn't see them. Yep. Next waterway we hit, corn on both sides. Same thing happening. Birdie, birdie dogs never saw anything. And that was it for my first day. I took a break. I did go out after lunch, walked about a half a mile waterway with my other dog. Beautiful point on right on the edge of the grass. I whiffed a layup. <laughs> Those are the easiest ones to miss. <laughs> Bird gets up 10 yards in front of me, flying straight away. I don't know how I missed that shot. You know, I think that's something too, like just for the listeners, like you know, I think uh, Tyler and I, we probably walked, well, I mean, I only got to hunt for two hours, but I would bet we walked. We walked hmm. uh, almost seven miles on all together yeah, on Saturday. I knew we walked. I knew we walked a ton, you know, so it's not coming easy. We're putting the miles in. Matt, what, you know, what do you, the last few days you hunted, what do you feel like you've done or estimated? Like maybe you didn't track it, but estimation-wise. We, I mean, we and, and take, in, take into consideration, we walked almost seven, and I hunted a day, or I didn't even, I hunted, what was it, two, two and a half hours at most. So we, we were trekking. I, I know, like, our last spot of the day um, today was a river bottom, and it was probably, it was probably pushing three miles, just on, just in that push there. So I, I guess, I don't know, we're probably, you know, five miles every day that we've yeah. Um, I was going to say something before. If you guys, because obviously I think that our rain that we had in October were almost like summer rains, you know, like it kind of like that's how it seemed like, you know, we had the all day rain stuff. So I thought there was a lot more greener grass and within the set aside or even in, in waterways and stuff. But I, one thing I was wondering is the amount of grasshoppers that I, that I've seen the last three days, those birds, to me, I was thinking like, if I'm a bird, I don't even need to leave anywhere mm. to go to food source because I can just eat grasshoppers all day long. I, yeah. I don't know if I can say that I've ever seen this many grasshoppers this time of year. It was like, even today, I was like, look at all these grasshoppers. This is insane. Yeah, there's a public spot right south of me called the Atherton Wetlands. 
and uh man there was <laughs> the grass i had so that's where usually i do my dog training stuff at because they have a nice path cut around the outside so i can work like all their hand signals and long retrieves and blah 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 um but man i this year like i had to take I, so i always wear uh muck boots out there and i had to pull those off so many times because i had so many grasshoppers getting inside of the damn things i was like where are all these coming from and i've never seen or correction never saw a pheasant out at this place for so i've lived in ely um for i think going on my sixth year maybe never have never saw a pheasant out here ever and uh this year when we were training i uh was doing just a uh memory retrieve with murph and it was like 150 yards out and I send him on it and all of a sudden he just takes like a direct right and i'm like what in the you know like in my head I'm like what the hell are you doing and the next thing you know there was a rooster and a hen that popped up and this was before season but i mean i agree i think the food source with the grasshoppers this year is just phenomenal and uh you know the like i said there's the corn still in so i mean that's good but man the the food for the grasshoppers if they're like they are around here i mean there's food galore for those birds all all spring and you know summer to get those chicks by and i think that's maybe a reason we're seeing such good numbers too we we hunted we hunted a spot yesterday and it was one of those spots that i drive by all the time and i'm like oh i wish i could hunt that i wish i could hunt that and uh nick and i we had a buddy one of our buddies, classmate of mine, he came up from Georgia to do some hunting out in northwest Iowa out by Brian's place. And then he came back and hunted around here for the last two days. And it, we didn't see there's standing there, it's a waterway surrounding a pond. The the guy has two food plots in it of standing corn. We hunted that and we never saw a bird. Never saw a bird. But as I was walking through there, I was like, look at all like there's so many grasshoppers. I'm like, that they could just be up there on the, on the knoll chilling in a, in a terrace eating grasshoppers instead of worried about being in the standing corn that's in this uh, little food plot area. Yeah. Did you, Isn't that incredible? did you take any of the birds that you got this past weekend to see what they're eating on? So I was, as I was sitting here listening to you guys talk, I, I, I didn't, I even, I, I didn't even think about doing that. Like, you know, yeah. that would have been, I got a, I got one this morning. I went out just for a quick walk and uh, got one and he had, he had grasshoppers in his, in his belly. So um, they're definitely eating on them. Uh, I know a lot of farmers, they spray for them though, because they'll actually eat their crops. Um, So like if they have food plots and stuff, they'll actually spray to kill the grasshoppers because they'll eat all the food plot. And they won't leave actually any food for the birds for the winter months. Huh. Uh, what? But I guess where I go, there's no food plot, so <laughs> that's probably why there's grasshoppers. But yeah, and something that people don't think about is the grasshoppers. So that protein is massive, right? So they can put fat on, so they can sustain themselves through the winter. Um, and it does. I, I think you're right, Matt, it afford, they can stay in the grasses longer, eat weed seed, eat grasshoppers, things like that. Uh, and it helps with the drought because it provides moisture. So they don't have to seek out a lot of water when right. they get that from the insects themselves, which they wouldn't from a dry grain, right? A soybean or a weed seed or, a, um, or corn. 
So yeah. it is a big deal. And I saw, I've seen a lot of grasshoppers also in training, just a cross country course at the local high school here, running the dogs around there, grasshoppers everywhere, a lot like you described, Kyler. But actually in the, in the fields, I don't recall seeing many, if any. Um, now they've been also pretty heavy frost. So maybe that has knocked them down a little bit. Yeah. I haven't seen them. We, I was cutting across to get to a waterway and just walking through the bean stubble. There was, there was grasshoppers everywhere. I was just like, well, if they're not eating beans, they definitely got did their grasshoppers. Did it freeze up up there in Clayton County, Matt? So this morning, so this morning was cold. This morning, I think when I left the house, I seen, I want to say I seen 24, 20, 24 or 28 degrees. It was, there was, I was actually, I was telling my wife when I got home, I'm like, I should have took a picture of Hawkeye coming through. We were, we were hunting like tall, tall, some tall grass this morning and is all frosted about halfway up and Hawkeye from his nose to the tip of his tail, he, he was just, <laughs> he had frost on him. And uh, silver lab. It, it, it was, it was, it, and he was like, at one point he's like kind of standing with the sun glistening on him and mm -hmm. it would have been a perfect picture. Nice. Just, I don't know. I didn't think about taking a picture of him. Yeah. Well, guys, we appreciate you coming on for to talk about our the opening weekend uh, here in Iowa and how things are looking. Obviously, it's looking to shape up to be a good year. Uh, grass is going to be good for this winter, so hopefully, you know, things are ready for bird survival uh, after season. But excited to follow you guys uh, through the rest of the season. Uh, probably plan on doing this another one of these in a couple weeks just to yep. uh, see how things are going and uh, definitely one after uh, we get a good snowfall here and see how things are changing but Nate, again, let's catch up some time in Des Moines let's do it yeah reach Not out maybe to hunt but maybe to just have a drink and talk birds yeah sounds good that'd be fun yeah so again we appreciate it so uh, get out there and get after them so talk to you guys later good luck All right, everybody. good luck Bye. See you guys. Bye. See ya.